While the Bills are firing their offensive coordinator, the Steelers are, are still trying to keep to the road they've been on on offense. What must change for Kenny Pickett to work? We'll talk about that and why there's something that Mike Tomlin and Najee Harris seem to be hiding about the run game. That and the return, potential return of Pat Fryermuth all here on the Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, joined by Mike DeFabo of The Athletic. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show in your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. Post your job for free. For free terms and conditions apply as i said before we're joined by mike defabo he's from the athletic he covers the steelers he's been on this show multiple times going into this mike it's been an interesting ride this year the steelers are six and three and we still haven't seen the kenny pickett breakout game like will levis had a four touchdown game cj stroud's like entering mvp conversations uh you know we've seen guys have their moments even sam howell has had like some days where people have been like hey that guy could be really good we haven't seen it from Kenny Pickett yet, and the Steelers seem to be staying the course. Is that a mistake? Do you think that they're doing that? That they're staying this course and not trying to shake things up more and more, at least from what we can see. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, we expected Kenny to take this big step forward in year two, and I expected there to be higher highs and lower lows. You know, I expected him to have those four TD performances. And then I also expected him to have multiple interception games. We've really not had either one of those. He's mostly been, for the most part, a game manager, where the best thing you could say about Kenny is he has not turned the football over. And as a result, the Steelers are winning the turnover battle consistently. So you do wonder if there's a way for them to take that next step forward. And we saw the Buffalo Bills, as you alluded to, they fired their offensive coordinator. They're going to have the quarterback's coach calling plays. I know that's something that the Steelers – fans have been clamoring for and maybe it's time to move to Mike Sullivan as the play caller but I went up and I looked up the stats and there's history of that Mike Sullivan back when he was the offensive coordinator actually of the New York football giants um, Ben McAdoo gave away play calling to Mike Sullivan and the offense actually got worse over the final Mm. several weeks of the season so I think that there's a track record there and I think every team is different and in this circumstance as much as Matt Canada has struggled this year and as much as it seems apparent they're going to move on from him at the end of the year, they don't have a great option as an, uh, an alternative play caller. And for that reason, I think that they're making the right decision. I feel you on that. Here was Mike Tomlin talking about Kenny Pickett, his progress, and what they want to see more out of him when we talk to him during his Tuesday press conference. Kenny's performance and uh, do you need to see more from him moving forward? Certainly. Um, man, we're going to need more, particularly as this road – uh, narrows, but guys like Kenny and myself, man, we're measured by wins and losses. Uh, he and I talk about that often and, and, and openly. Um, we know what our jobs are. Our jobs are to win. Um, and, and so that's where we are. That's where our focus is. Um, you know, I love the fact that he 
he, he embraces that. Uh, down in and down out are, some, are there some things to work on, certainly. Uh, but it's not like we're going to start on Wednesday uh, working on those things. Uh, we've been working on those things, and we will continue until we get the desired result. So there you talk, you hear Mike Tom talking about the desired result and trying to, you know, and, and kind of stay in the course. And it's kind of what you're saying. Like they're developing things here. There's no ready answer. Like Joe Brady was always going to be the next offense coordinator for the Bills. That was part of the plan there. there. I don't think there's that guy on the roster right now for the Steelers or on the staff right right now. And I think that it's it's a different situation that you look that you look at there. And you know, when you talked about with Kenny Pickett, he's a he's been a game manager. And that's that's really what it is. You look at the the last five Steelers games; they've won. They've won four. They've won for four and one in those games. And in all five of those games, he hasn't thrown an interception. And the one game they lost is the one game he didn't finish. And uh, I think that speaks to kind of what Mike Tom was talking about: is that you know they're concerned about winning football games right now. Um, but I do think that there needs to be at some point you know, the chance for him to take a step forward, or at least you need to see the sign that he can take a step forward because the more and more we see Kenny Pickett without, you know, the game where he puts it all together, even if it's not, a, you know, a, a four touchdown game and 300, 400 yards or anything like that, if it's just a highly efficient game where like his completion percentage is, you know, maybe in the seventies and he gets two touchdowns and no interceptions or three touchdowns and no interceptions, that could be a sign moving forward. You know, he did have like, it looked like maybe he was trending that way against the Raiders in that game, 16 of 28, that 57% completion rate, but 235 yards to the air, two touchdowns, no interceptions, better look there. We haven't even seen him get back to that level. I think that's where Steelers fans have legitimate reasons to be concerned. I think it's interesting because there's two discussions. One is as a fan or a spectator, what would you like to see from Kenny Pickett? And they're all the things that you're mentioning. Plus, you know, his, He's one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. His off-target pass percentage is the highest. The only person lower than him is Deshaun Watson, things of that nature. But um, as much as we'd love to see the Steelers air it out and Kenny to make these, this progress, I think there's the other part of it is for the Steelers, they're looking at what do we have to win do to win with the way that this roster is currently constructed. And I'm not sure that the answer there is to air the ball out and to test Kenny and to really show signs of progress. I think more so what they're looking at is how do you improve the ground game to get, you know, take some pressure off of Pickett and to give yourselves a higher floor. And when things aren't going well, have something that you could feel good about and that you can lean on. And we've seen that the last two games, you know, Steelers went from being 28th and 29th against the or rushing the ball in terms of total yards and yards per carry to now the last two games, they've been the third best team in terms of yards per carry, in terms of total rushing yards per game. So what I'm looking for the Steelers to do is to take what's working for them, and that's the running game, and then add the dimension of the play action and taking the deep shots when they're available. I think that's going to be the recipe in the immediate future. Yeah, I, I know that there's uh... – you know, I think that there that there's there's the growth in the ground game has always been the, the progress they've wanted, right, for this offense. You know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, he wanted a goon squad when he was talking to Keanu Benton. Granted, that was part of the defense too, but you know, that, that's why they drafted Broderick Jones. That, that's why they've they made sure to draft Najee Harris and they've wanted to develop Jalen Warren. It's why they they want to see this run game take off and, and make that easier for everyone else. And that's where I, I think that, you know, when you, if, if the Steelers can get that consistently, maybe other things start to build and we've seen flashes of Kenny Pickett, but these flashes that we saw were before we saw these last two games where the run game 
really took over for the Steelers. And maybe maybe that's the point there. That's, that's the ultimate thing here is they need this run game to be consistent. And then once it's consistent, it will help Kenny Pickett find some consistency on his own and truly achieve the balanced offense that I think that at the end of the day, that's really what the Steelers are going for. Yeah, and let's not forget when Ben Roethlisberger came into the league, he had a great defense and a really reliable running game to lean upon. And I think right. the Steelers are kind of looking at that as the model. And like Ben still became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Guys mm-hmm. can still have success, but I feel like so often teams draft a quarterback and they expect him to be the savior. And we've seen it happen. Joe Burrow completely transformed that team, for example. C.J. Stroud has completely transformed that team. But yeah. for the most part, that's not what happens. And I think often teams give up on their quarterbacks too quickly and they mm. don't put them in good positions. And I think Geno Smith, is like a great example. Josh Dobbs is a great example of what happens when you surround a guy with playmakers. You've got a good offensive coordinator. You're taking some pressure off the guy. So, I I don't I don't hate the approach the Steelers are taking at all. You know, I think that it does make sense to try to protect your young quarterback and put him in better positions. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right with you on that part of part of the giving up on uh, on players and, and and quarterbacks, especially. That's oftentimes how teams start digging themselves back into holes that they've that they're already in and you know it, it becomes this this cyclical thing that never stops and um certainly something that, that the Steelers want to avoid right now and, and again like I think that's also part of what Mike Tomlin does really well as far as managing players right he still believes in his guys until like they show like ultimately they can't be the guy and I don't think Kenny's shown us that he can't he's shown us that he's not he's he still has a long way to go uh but you know, again, like my, and I think this is Mike Thomas' point at the end of the at the end of the the, the answer that we, that we saw there earlier. The Steelers are winning football games with Kenny Pickett on the field. Like, you know, and again, there there are two losses this year that he is that he's been on for the full game were games that they were just not in that they they were not in. But every game that he's been in that they have that you know at the end of the game and that they've been close with they have won this year and they have a pretty good record last year. When they were when you know when he was when he was in late in games and they had a chance to win, and I think that that's Mike Tomlin's point is as long as though that is a factor in for this team, they are they are they're they're moving forward. They know that they're making progress and they like where they're going, but certainly they know they want to be a lot better. I would be curious to do a, a study into the fourth quarter and what's different because you know you would assume okay maybe they're seeing. Uh, softer coverages that are making it easy. Maybe he's seen prevent stuff like that, but that's not always the case. Like a couple games ago, one of his biggest throws in the fourth quarter came against press man and against a blitz, the kinds of things that you would see in any game situation. So I think the Steelers really need to take a hard look at, are the play calls changed? Is the communication different? Is the tempo different? You know, what are they doing differently in the fourth quarter and try to replicate that earlier in the game? I feel you on that. We got to talk about the run game, though, because it's been some interesting responses. You and I were there for them after the game. And then Mike Tomlin again on Tuesday when we're asking about some of the changes they're trying to make. And the Steelers, there's something weird going on here. I'll explain what I mean by that with some of the clips we got from the locker room and from Mike Tomlin and with Mike here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. It's the Wednesday edition here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got a lot to still discuss. But first, we got to remind you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one place that people go to to look for new jobs. So if you're looking for new hires, that's the best place for you to go to find them. 
LinkedIn is going to help you find the right people to fit on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in because all you have to do is create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs, and that'll help you reach not only your network, but, but, but go far beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your next uh, so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. And as you continue on in the NFL season, FanDuel wants to remind you it's the best way to also enjoy time. Watching the NFL is by making money while watching the NFL. And right now, new customers at FanDuel Sportsbook can get $150 in bonus bets back if they win any $5 money line bet. That's right. If you bet on your team to win right now, you, you can win $150 back in bonus bets with a simple $5 bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action. The app is, is easy to use. You can download it right to your phone. And as soon as you do, you can start betting on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Mike DeFabo of the Athletic. Mike, let's take a let's take a step back and go back to post game against the Packers. Steelers just won. Run, running game ran for over 200 yards, and you and I were standing there waiting for Broderick Jones. We get we talked to him, and he told us about the meetings and like you know oh, we're meeting with the running backs and then we're developing things. And then we talked to Najee Harris, and he didn't want to reveal what was going on. And then when we told him we learned about the meetings, he was like, huh. Who told you about that? I want to play those two clips in succession. And then I want to play. And then after that, I'll take us to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday when I asked him about those meetings. I want the audience to understand why I got questions about how the Steelers are handling talking about this. So here's uh, Broderick Jones, then Najee Harris. And then after that, I'll play Mike Tomlin. This is them from just right after the Packers win. I feel like there's a unity building with, with you guys on the, on the line, being able to win across the board, work consistently. Uh, not even just across the front. Um, you know, with the running backs too. You know, like we're meeting with the running backs more. Like we do that on Thursdays. You know, so they can they can get an insight on what we see. We can get an insight on what they see, and you know, just us building that bond together, just being able to attack the run. So is that something new? Uh, the last couple of weeks, yes. Probably like I would say probably like week. Five or six we started on. What kind of feedback are you getting from them? What are you learning through that process? Uh, just what they see, just being able to visualize what they're seeing, like the cuts they're trying to make. If like, if they see a three-tech stretching with us, they'll cut it back. If, if we get them sealed, they'll hit the hole. You know, just little things like that. The linebacker play, all that plays a factor in. So Najee, you're talking about, you know, O-line's the MVP two weeks in a row. What do you feel like is the biggest change or, or what evolved in the run game recently that allowed you guys to open things up here? I have an idea, but it's not for the public to say. Uh, I think I know what it was, but it's just something that's kept in the family, in the in the locker room that 
that I think that uh, is a big reason why that we're turning around. So that was one of actually the things that, <laughs> that, but it was something that happened in there. It was something that happened in there that kind of really sparked a lot. So uh, I think that that was a big. I think it was good. Really. I know. Last game you talked about. Who told you that? Who told you? Oh, okay. Rookies. <laughs> So, so you see, you see, Najee like, mm-hmm. like, 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 I might have gotten Broderick in trouble there. Like that was, I don't, Mike, when we were, you were sitting there for both of those. We were right next to each other. That was weird, right? Like, like it's not like you were there were nuclear codes or anything. We just said, hey, there were some meetings. They, 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 it helped them make progress. Yay! That wasn't that just a little off to you? Yeah, it was a little bit because last year, you know, they after the bye week, what they started doing was watching film as an entire offense. And so mm-hmm. what would happen is you would say, well, this play didn't work. And um, it was James Daniels who was talking to me about it. And he said they would basically point at you and say, it didn't work because James Daniels messed up. And because James Daniels messed up, <laughs> basically calling everybody out. So I think that there's a level of accountability when you watch film like that collectively as a group because you can get in a silo and be like as an offensive lineman, well, I'm doing my job. I executed my block. Why aren't things working? So you can start to see how those pieces fit together. The other part, um, here's my take on it, Chris. Okay. It was something within those meetings that they discovered. And if you go and you look at the last two games, the Steelers Mm have broken a lot of their tendencies. They almost completely scrapped running out of two tight end formations. And typically, the conventional thinking is, well, we're going to load up. We're going to send our big dudes in, Darnell Washington plus another tight end. Well, what that does is it gives the defense an opportunity to match. They're bringing in a nose tackle. They're putting their bare front on the field, those kind of things. What the Steelers have done the last two games, they've been running a lot more out of three wide receiver sets, Mm -hmm. a lot more out of shotgun. So first and foremost, they're catching teams in nickel instead of their base defense. That's a lot easier to run against. And then also they're often getting lighter boxes. And if they are getting a normal like seven, eight-man box, Instead of a uh, Cam Hayward or and uh, like let's say a Keanu Benton on the field, if you're playing the Steelers, you're getting Elijah Riley or Channon Sullivan. So even if the box is heavier or, or a traditional box, it's still not a big tough nose tackle. You're getting a lighter guy. So I think that I think what he's getting at is they went in those run game meetings, which by the way are led by Pat Meyer. He gets up on a whiteboard um, mm. and will illustrate, hey, here's how things are going. I, you know, I think that's a big thing. And I also think it seems like Pat Myers taking a more commanding role in being like a pseudo run game coordinator. I, I, I think it's I kind of certain, but reading between the lines and the fact that he's the one that's leading these meetings leads me to believe that he's having a, a big say in what's going on. I think that that's a it's definitely a big part of it. And it, it's the change of tone. And, and again, it's just funny. So we had Broderick, we had Najee. And then, so I was like, well, and this was, this, this was Tuesday, this, you know, Tuesday at noon, Mike Tom and Presser were all sitting there. So I figured I, I wasn't even trying to ask to see what's going on in the meetings. I just asked Mike Tomlin what he thought of the meetings and how that, that could help. And he deflected and he started, he, he, he kind of went a different direction. Here was Mike Tom when I asked him that, and he kind of used it to kind of like take like a mini, like poke at, at, at Broderick Jones. Here was, here was Tom. Mike Broderick talked about the importance of the meetings between the offensive line and the running backs to come together and help contribute to the weekly plan. How, how refreshing is that for a coach to see that kind of chemistry develop on your squad? Broderick's just talking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Broderick, man, is like an oversized toddler, man. He loves to play football, man. He's playing, getting after it. But don't start talking about all these little things that he's doing in preparation and so forth. <laughs> so so he just brushed it off and like i was just looking to get like uh, hey like this is you know just see like you know does he feel like this is really boosting his team and he doesn't even address it and that to me it goes to like maybe they just don't want people to know that they're real what that they're switching things up so that they could try to get get some traction and maybe again this is part of what head coaches are supposed to do when they talk to media they don't want us to know what's going on they don't want us to project because then other teams hear it they see it they look closer at it and then they start picking at what you what you like to do and this Steelers offense is looking to grasp onto anything and I mean anything right now and if the run game's starting to work why would you get why, why would you try to say, say anything that would allow teams to start up dive into it and stop it before it can build up to be something bigger so I, I think you're very much on to what you're talking about here about running from not as much loaded boxes running from smaller sets that also maximize if you're running from smaller sets you're allowing this off the offensive line to move a little bit more because if you're bunched up you have to win in shorter spaces you have less space to go up but something that mike tomlin also also talked about when i asked him about him it's like the the athleticism from his offensive line to get up and hit and move in space it's allowing them to kind of take control of the line of scrimmage a little bit better, which is giving the running backs more space and, again, yielding more yards on the ground. Yeah, for sure. Further to your point there, another tweak uh, is they've been running slightly more gap scheme. And they were mm-hmm. – I think I think it was like through the first seven games, they were about 60% zone blocking. Now they're about 50-50 the last two games. So it's not dramatic, but you're seeing it show up in significant situations. I think a couple of the recent touchdown runs – or gap scheme runs. And the guy that I think it's really helping is Isaac Sayamalu. He mm-hmm. was he was quiet to me, you know, the early on in his Steelers tenure and was not like the impressive force that I expected him to be. But when you have Broderick Jones at right tackle and he's winning his job and, and winning his assignment, and then you've got Isaac Sayamalu pulling through that same gap and, and further opening the hole, you know, that's where you're getting these massive lanes for the running backs to run through so you know i think all these things play into it and, and i think that you know i think the steelers are hesitant to come right out and tell you exactly what they're doing because why give the opponent the answer why tell the right. opponent what's different let them try to figure it out for you for themselves and then that's where the cat and mouse game begins that certainly that, that certainly could could be it there is that they're trying to they're trying to keep that that i guess here um for for, t- for teams to look at but again i, I think it, it gets to the steelers offensive line looks so much better when they're the aggressors not when, when they're zone they they're kind of more passive they can they can they kind of let guys come to them a little bit more and then they try to win in that spot but you want this offensive line getting off the ball getting to the, getting to the second level. That's what Broderick Jones is doing well. You brought up Isaac Sayamalo. When he's pulling and blocking, he is such a force for the team. And, again, all it takes is two guys on an offensive line to start dominating and for other people to start feeding off of it and then that line to push forward as a unit. I think that's a definitely a big part of the run game, whether or not Mike Tomlin wants to keep it in the background, as does Najee Harris. We'll see how that continues. But we got to talk about Pat Frymuth, too, because Mike Tomlin seemed optimistic that Pat Frymuth could return this week. But even if he does, what are they going to do with him? Because they didn't use him that much before. We'll talk about the tight end position here more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeFevo of The Athletics. Stick with us. We still have a lot to discuss. 
But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's something that you can download right on your phone, and it's the top it's the top daily fantasy sports platform in North America with the easy and exciting way to make to to, to, to play daily fantasy sports. Because all you have to do is just say more or less on two to six players and their stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is a new fun daily fantasy fantasy sports game that allows you to play through multiple sports, and you're not going up against thousands of people you're not going up against sharks and people that are that, that are that are trying to put a whole bunch of things together all you're trying to do is beat prize picks they set the projection you say oh that part that you say five and a half receptions for george pickens in this game you say more or less and bing bang boom you're right you that, that that contributes to your winnings right there and also they have what's now called a specials league because prize picks across all sports so when they have a specials league you can cross players from different sports into the same prize picks grouping for example if you say lebron james and travis kelsey are going to combine for 10 for a 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions you can say more or less on that and that can get you get you your winnings on prize picks prize picks also has the reboot policy where even if one of your players gets injured in the first half whether it's an nfl game or it's college football top 25 matchup if that player leaves in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player's rebooted. Again, Prize Picks, the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Download Prize Picks today to play all the different games that they have across all the sports. And again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. When you use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100, that's a big benefit you can get. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Be sure to use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeFabo of The Athletic. Mike, let's talk about Pat Frymuth. Now, Mike Tomlin said he feels good about where Pat Frymuth is, so maybe that's a sign that uh, Pat Frymuth can return. Uh, he's been a guy that has been – he was a second-round pick in 2021. He's been a guy that's been emerging the last two years. Um, and so, certainly, having him back would be a boost for the team. And he does have – he did have two touchdowns, but – he was just mightily underused in the four games that he played for the Steelers before he suffered his injury. Uh, only eight catches uh, so so far this year for 53 yards. Does have two touchdowns, but if he comes back, what do you, what needs to be the plan to get Pat Frymuth involved? Because he's not, he, you know, he didn't look good in the run in run blocking, and Kenny Pickett wasn't finding him nearly enough in the pass game. Yeah. So as we mentioned earlier in this discussion. The Steelers were really bad running out of 12 personnel or out of two tight end sets. And part of that is that Pat, um, as much as he's a, a great dynamic pass catching threat, he's not been very good at all in run blocking. And there have been a lot of situations when plays got completely blown up and he was the culprit. So I think the, the challenge for the Steelers is they found success with one tight end on the field. Mm. If you add that other tight end, are you going to be telegraphing or are you going to take away some of what you just found? And I think the answer is make Pat Fryermuth um, a receiver, basically. You know, make it clear that we're going to highlight what makes this guy a second round pick. And that's his pass catching ability and his route running. And I think if you do that, um, you could still focus on the running game and feature the running game like you did. Now you've added another new weapon into your offense. And, and especially, I think, he can be helpful when it comes to targeting the middle of the field. I know that Matt Canada is often criticized for not calling plays 
or not drawing up concepts that are targeting the middle of the field. Your tight end running up the seam is one of the best opportunities in a variety of different coverages to do that. That's one of the things that I think um, the Steelers can really open up their playbook and really use the return of Pat Frymouth to, to help take their offense to another level. It also, I think, makes you look at the potential for, like you said, using him in different spots when he comes back. You could still come out in 12 personnel and, you know, have two tight ends or excuse me, 11 personnel. Uh, but you can still come out with two tight ends, um, you know, and, and use them to in different spots. But just have Pat Frymuth line up like he's a wide receiver. Spread him out, get him away from the from the box, and so then the the defense has a choice. As you come out with eleven personnel and you're you got two tight ends, two receivers, and a running back out there, you're saying, "Wait a second, they're looking like like okay, we got we got to match linebackers because we can't be small in this formation." But now one of the linebackers has to go and cover Pat Frymuth and out in space, and that puts that someone at disadvantage. Or they choose to come out in a lighter package. And they got the guy in space, and you still get the matchup you want because then you still have Darnell Washington in there. Mike Tomlin also talked about the impact of lining him up with the with Roderick Jones, the familiarity they had. And frankly, Mike, when I look back at the game, the more that they ran behind whatever side Broderick was on, whether it was with Broderick Jones or with Dan Moore, that side was getting more push because of the teamwork that we were that you were seeing from them. I, I think that there's something there where. They can use Pat Frymuth in different ways to open up more parts of the offense. Yeah, I also think they just need to look holistically at their tight end usage because yes. this should be a team that you would look at the tight end position and feel like that's one of the strengths. You know, Pat Frymuth, um, at different points in his career, he's basically been a fringe pro bowler. And you wondered whether he would be like, this would be the year he would take that next step into the upper echelon of tight ends. You've also got one of the most versatile and unique tight ends in Darnell Washington. And I believe they've thrown him one pass all season. Uh, maybe he's caught. I, I hope my stats are right on that. I, I think three. I think I think he's, he has three catches so far. Right. So, so if you are going to send two tight end personnel groupings out there on the field, why not split them both out wide and throw the defense a curveball? Like that was yeah. why you, that was why you drafted a guy like Darnell Washington is you send him the game. You see how the opponent's going to match and then whatever they do, you make them wrong by what you call and what formation you line up in. They just haven't done that nearly enough. They've really essentially used Broderick Jones or Darnell Washington as an extra lineman. And I know he's a really good blocking tight end, and that's part of his job description. But, you know, he doesn't have nearly the value. He's not that versatile piece unless you make him that. I agree. I think they need to find a better way to use them. Uh, we'll see if they try to use them differently this, this week. But we, you know, we talked about changes to opening things up here, and while they're not making changes on the roster or the, or the or the coaching staff when it comes to big things on offense, it does look like they're trying to find different tweaks and different things that could work for this team. And we have seen progress, especially in the run game. We'll see if it happens in the pass game. He's Mike DeFabo of the Athletic. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people know they can find you, follow you, get more of your work, and anything you got coming up. That people need to be on the lookout for yeah absolutely i keep it real easy you can find me on twitter at, at mike defabo and um you can read all my work in the athletic absolutely thanks so much mike i'm chris carter host of the locked on steelers podcast you can find me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques you can read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette post-gazette.com and find me here on the locked on steelers podcast monday through friday sometimes on on the on weekends when we do bonus content thanks again everyone for tuning back in on your favorite podcasting apps and on youtube back tomorrow for crossover thursday with jeff lloyd of locked on browns it's gonna be a fun one we'll see you there